Well, thank you so much, Jarek, for leading us in our worship this morning. We appreciate you, brother. We know you're a little under the weather fighting through this, so thank you. You hit them low notes, though. That was good. You hit the low notes. We are appreciative of uh, Michael, too, for the wonderful uh, communion thought he did this morning. I thought he did an outstanding job. Thank you to our teachers this morning who worked so hard to prepare lessons and teach our children, our adults, and our next gen. We're appreciative of you, our deacons, our elders, everyone here at this church that worked so hard to make this place so special. We thank you. Uh, in the audience this morning, I'm so happy to see him, is Brother Glenn Alsop Sr. We're thankful that you're here with us this morning. So good to see you, brother. Uh, wonderful, wonderful man. Thankful that he's here uh, with us this morning. want to say good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We are so happy to see you here with us this morning as we collectively worship God in spirit and in truth. And I hope that all of you had a wonderful, fantastic, amazing Thanksgiving. Uh, this morning I'll be preaching a sermon on repentance and fasting because the question I have for you is, did you really need that third piece of pecan pie? Did you? Um, but I hope and pray that you had a wonderful time fellowshipping with your family uh, and we're thankful that you were able to make it back here with us. I know many of you were traveling, went to different parts of the country, but you made it back and we're thankful that you're here. If you're visiting with us, welcome. We're excited that you're here with us. I don't know if this is your first time or you've been here a couple of times. Whatever the case is, we're happy and excited that you're here with us. And like Aaron mentioned in the announcements, uh, please take out a card that is in the back of your pew. We'd ask that you fill that out. You can take that card. We've got a box in the foyer that you can place that card into. You can pass that card to me or one of our shepherds. We'd love to have a record of your attendance so that we can send you a note and invite you back out to our church. We'd love to have you as a member here. We'd love to get you to uh, get plugged in here. We have a wonderful, wonderful church family, and I'm sure that it would be a blessing to you and yours if you decided to worship with us and maybe become a member. So make sure you get that turned in to us. So this morning, we are going to complete uh, our five-week sermon series entitled The Attitude of Gratitude. And I usually do a review, so if you're uh, here with us for the first time, here you go. You get to see what we've been talking about for the past uh, four weeks. In part one, uh, we talked about why it's important to give thanks. In order to have this attitude of gratitude, we continually have to give thanks in all circumstances, we said that through thankfulness, we acknowledge that God is our provider. We said that thankfulness prevents a complaining spirit. Thankfulness creates a positive outlook on life. Thankfulness invites joy to dwell in your hearts continually. In part two, our brother Aaron, who's sitting on the front here, presented us with an excellent sermon on how living a life of sacrifice shows your attitude of gratitude. And he did a really great job on that. In part three, we talked about how to be thankful in tough times because we all encounter difficult times. And if you can remain optimistic and hopeful and thankful in difficult times, God will see you through when your life will be blessed in part four, which was last week, we talked about how being grateful to God is important to the Christian. And finally today, in part five, I wanted to spend a few moments talking about how confidence, how confidence can help us maintain 
this attitude of gratitude because I don't think this attitude should be seasonal. I don't think it should be sometimey, but I think it's something that we should be able to maintain and sustain continually. And if you can continue to have an attitude of gratitude, your life will will be blessed. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm not going to be too long. We've got a service tonight uh, here at the church, a singing service. We want to invite you back out to that. So come on back out if you can. So, so attitude of gratitude, confidence helps us with having that, that attitude. Confidence is a very, very powerful tool that, if we're not careful, can cause us to be narcissistic in nature. But if it's used with humility in mind, it can help propel us to amazing spiritual heights. Confidence. God wants us to have an attitude of gratitude at all times. But in order to have that attitude, we've got to learn to live in confidence and to not be discouraged by what the world throws at us. I think the scripture says in multiple places, but one passage in particular says we serve a God that didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us power and he wants his followers to be extremely confident people. So I want to maintain and, and figure out, or I want to examine rather, how and where Christian confidence comes from. Say that three times fast. Christian confidence comes from and how this confidence can help us remain in a state of gratitude. So our first passage is found in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. And I'm reading from the NIV translation, and the Bible says this, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. I love that passage because this passage communicates something very, very important to the Christian. And I say Christian on purpose because I think this text is talking to people who really trust and really believe and really follow the Lord. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and you are a dedicated Christian, you have power. And whenever difficult times come your way and whenever things come at you, the Bible says you'll be able to live in confidence knowing that you have God on your side. You know, uh, I was up in Northern California this weekend, and I was talking to my grandfather about the drought. And he said, yeah, Jason, we went up to Lake Tahoe, and the water is at some really, really low levels. We went to different places, and, and we traveled around, and we see the riverbanks, and we see these boat docks, and these boats have to be removed out of the water because the water is so low. And, you know, I hope God provides. And when I think about that concept of drought, and I think about difficult times, we know and understand that the God that we serve sees those things. So when it gets difficult, he provides in due time. And I think this is a message that he's telling us. When you're able to put your hope and trust in God, you know that whatever happens, God will provide for you. When we think about Jeremiah and his prophecy, he was really talking to Judah. 
Judah had turned to a life of idolatry. They trusted in their elected officials more than they did God, and it became problematic for them. But when you trust in God, you can have an extreme amount of confidence, knowing that God is on your side, and he'll help you through anything that you encounter. Confidence in God. And confidence in God really comes from your belief and your acceptance of the man, Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 and verse number 14 says this in the message translation. John 1 and 14 in the message translation says, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I really like this translation. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Through this text, as Christians, we really believe that Jesus dwelt among us. We really believe that he lived and walked in this earth over 2,000 years ago. We don't believe that the story of Jesus is some fairy tale. We don't believe that Jesus is a liar or a lunatic, but we believe that he is Lord. We believe that Jesus set an example. We believe in his message. We believe what he said when he said you should love your enemies and not love money and have faith the size of a mustard seed. He loved others more than he loved himself. The Bible says that he defeated death when he went to the cross, and he has prepared a way for us to live with God forever. That's what we believe as Christians. So if we believe this, then, it tells me that we should be radically confident and radically in tune with the missional purpose of God in the world, it means to me that we should always have an attitude of gratitude if we know that Jesus did this for us. We should always be confident and always be thankful no matter what, but sometimes we get discouraged and our confidence gets crushed. My daughter, Alayla, now is uh, getting ready to turn 11 in March, which I'm so proud of. We signed her up for basketball. So Alayla is playing basketball. I had been working on her jump shot ever since she was about three years old because I'm working on my retirement plan. She's going to go to the WNBA and take care of my... So we've been working on that uh, ever since she was little, and my daughter is an amazing basketball player. We signed her up for basketball, and I tell you what, she went out onto the court the first time, and she sees these girls around her that are very, very tall. And they had been playing basketball ever since they were two, so they got a year on her, right? So she goes out there, and she's playing basketball with these girls, and many of these girls can shoot the ball very well, and they can dribble, dribble really, really well. And sometimes Alayla will be out on the court, and she gets a little discouraged because she'll miss a shot. Or she'll dribble the ball and bounce it off her toe. And I remember she said to me, Dad, I don't know if I want to continue doing this. Her confidence was crushed a little bit, and when she was out on the court, she had a sad demeanor about her because she didn't think she was that good. But you know what daddy's job is to do, right? To tell her that she is the best basketball player on the court and that nobody can take her, right? And I try to instill in her confidence, and when she receives that confidence, you know what happens to her attitude? It completely changes. So there's something about confidence that changes our outlook and our attitude on life. Do we believe?
believe that God can do what he says he can do? Do we really believe the story of Jesus? If we have God the Father in our lives, if we have Jesus in our lives, there's every reason for us to live confidently every single day. We have confidence because we have God the Father and Jesus in our lives. And because of that confidence, we can live in an attitude of gratitude continually. But sometimes our confidence gets crushed because that's what Satan's job is. Let's look at this next text found in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 35. I love this translation. It says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve, persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised for you. Don't ever throw away your confidence, because in the end, it will be rewarded. Did you not know that as Christians, we're a part of the greatest community in the entire world? Better than AAA? <laughs> Better than Lions Club? We're a part of the greatest community in the world. If you're a Christian, you're a part of the church. We represent God. We speak for God. We are God's hands. We are God's feet to the world. And guess what? Evil wants nothing more than to destroy this community. Satan can't stand that we are a church that loves each other in this community. And we are a community whose culture is based on freedom in Christ, meaning that sin has no hold on us. And that we can move mountains when our faith is put into action. I truly believe that, church. We can change the world. But I don't know how often we truly believe that. But God gives us the power. We can do some amazing things if we really believe that and we really put our faith into action. But when we don't have confidence, when we don't have confidence in the Lord ourselves, resistance to the flesh is futile. Is that Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Okay, resistance to the flesh is futile. And that means Satan can work in and among us and destroy our communities of faith. And I struggle sometimes because I look at our churches and I wonder why we have so many church splits here and there over petty, meaningless issues. We can split over in any and everything, the color of the carpet, the paint on the walls, the song service, the type of translation of Bible that you're using. You didn't like the, the spaghetti meatball dish that the lady made at the pot. I mean, we can split over any and everything, and that's Satan's design for us. But when we're a community that trusts in the promises of God and we stick together, church, we can change the world. And that's why it's so important to have this confidence. We build up false securities. We have 401ks. We build up equity in our homes and then the economy crashes and we go, oh, what are we to do? We put confidence in our health. We put confidence in things that will eventually fail us. But if we put confidence in the Lord, he'll never fail us. He'll never forsake us. And then Galatians chapter 6 verses uh, 9 and 10 says this, which I really like in light of the Thanksgiving holiday. Because we have all of this, because we know Jesus, because we know the Father, because he has instilled in us power instead of fear, let us not become weary in doing good. Amen? Did y'all just experience Thanksgiving like I did? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not 
give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Sometimes our confidence is crushed because we try to do good for people and they end up being rude to us and mistreat us. I was telling someone the story the other day. I was at, uh, I think it was Target, and I was at the checkout line, and I had one item in my hand, and there was a lady behind me that had about three or four items in her hand, and I looked to the lady. She was an elderly lady, so I said, ma'am, you go on right ahead of me, and she said, it's about time, (laughs) and I said, oh, no, you didn't. I I wanted to, But you haven't been mistreated when you try to do something nice for somebody, and it makes you mad, and it discourages you, and you lose confidence. Have you ever had experiences like that? But the Bible says, don't quit when people mistreat you. Don't quit when people are rude or mean to you. Don't give up. Continue to do good anyway, because in due time, you will reap a harvest. And it's amazing, because after that lady went through and paid her stuff. I went up to the counter, and the guy, the clerk said, you know what? That was really nice. I'm going to give you 10% off. I said, wow, look at that. That's amazing. God's blessing me here. But you can always continue to do good and not get discouraged. That's a hard challenge to do. I heard someone say this. People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of being selfish or having ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. When you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight what you just built. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, people may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough, but give the world the best you've got anyway. Amen. You see, in the final analysis, it's between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. Amen. But sometimes because of situations, we get discouraged and lose confidence. And when we lose that confidence, our attitude changes. I want to leave us with this last passage of Scripture, and then I'll be done this morning. It's found in 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. And it's a text that you've, I'm sure, read before and you know all too well. But I really want to just look at this text and it really gives us a crescendo thought here this morning. Above all, love each other deeply. When we think about this holiday season, that's really what the holiday seasons are all about, right? Getting together and showing each other how much you really, really love each other. Love each other, not just on a shallow level, but love each other deeply. Have a serious concern about one another because love covers a multitude of sins. And for many of us who have large families, we know siblings sometimes, cousins or whoever, can really get under our skin, can't they? They can really do something to really hurt our feelings, right? But because of that love you have for that family member, you're able to push that aside and move on anyway. 
Keep it moving because you have that love for that person. And that's the way we should be in the church, right? Have that same type of love, that deep appreciation, that deep love. So when someone hurts us or offends us, we can keep it moving and say, that's not even a problem because I love you. But we struggle with that oftentimes. Love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That's a tough verse. You mean even that person I don't really care for? Yeah, that's right. You mean that family man? That's right. Offer hospitality without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to do what? Build himself up. No, that's not what it says. Everyone should use their gift they receive to serve other people, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And if we could focus on one section, I'd really focus on that last, that last verse, verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve other people as stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I want to talk about this just real quick before we conclude. I believe that everyone here this morning has a gift, has a special talent, a special gift, a special purpose. And a lot of people say, well, Jason, I don't know what that gift or that talent is. I don't know how to discern that or figure it out. I'm going to give you a couple of points that may help you understand what your particular gift is is, okay? And many of us, we say we put gifts into categories. You're either good in this lane or good in that lane. I think gifts are really uh, um, custom-made. They're not all the same. Everybody has different gifts, and here's how you figure out what your gift is. You ask yourself the question, what gets your blood flowing? What can't you live without? What gets your blood, not, not, not necessarily what makes you angry, right? What really just, when you see, gives you a a response or or you react when you see some kind of stimuli and you feel like you must do something about it, that's how you identify. What are you really good at? Some people may say, I'm not good at anything. That's a lie. You're good at saying you're not good at anything. But everybody's good at something. So don't believe that lie. What comes easy to you? You know, some people can do things really easy while other people struggle through it and it's really difficult. My daughter, Isabella, she's a math whiz. She can bust out numbers here and there. She asked me to help her with her homework the other day. I said, you're going to have to wait till your mom gets home because I can't, I can't do this. She's really good. She has a gift, a special gift at that. What are you willing to work hard for, right? You see, I really love the, 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 the ministry of preaching, right? But I'm really not a good, good student. Um, we'll leave it at that. So I had to work really hard, <laughs> to get through seminary. And it's funny because I see some people now, they say, Jason, you graduated from seminary? I'm like, what what is that supposed to mean, brother? I mean, I I had to work really hard to get to that place, right? Uh, And that told me, you know what, I'm willing to count the cost and work real hard for that. So all of us have individual passions, individual gifts, and you need to be able to identify those and use them for the Lord and use them to serve other people. Don't keep your gifts to yourself. That's a selfish way to operate. Use them to benefit and bless other people's lives. We have collective uh, potential. So you know what I often think about as a church? As the Mission Viejo Church of Christ, what are we really, really good at? Some people say eating. We need, uh, let's throw that out. We know we're good at that. But, but what are we really good at as a church? What are we really, really good at? What are we passionate 
about. You know, our history has told us that at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ, we're really good at youth and children's events and programs. If you don't believe me, come out to Vacation Bible School. You should have seen the one we put on last year. Amazing. So we have a passion for that. We're good at that. We have other things that we're really good at. What gets us excited as a church? Because I believe everyone's gifts here are important, and God has a special identity for this church. And we need to ask ourselves, what is that identity, and how can we use those gifts to bless other people? And I think if we think confidently and we remain in confidence, we'll have an attitude of gratitude. And when we have that attitude of gratitude, God can work through us in amazing powerful, powerful ways. So this morning, as we close, I just wanted to leave you with some thoughts that might help you maintain your attitude of gratitude through the holiday season, especially when you're at the mall buying them Christmas gifts and you're seeing that money just continue to dip down. Just continue to live in confidence. Continue to live in joy. And I guarantee you that you'll maintain that attitude of gratitude, and when you do that, God will bless your life. Maybe there's someone here that has not had the right attitude as of late. Maybe there's things that have been happening in your life. Maybe Satan has been working on you to destroy you, to tear you down. This invitation is for you. We want you to come forward. The church is here to pray with you, pray for you. We'll encourage you. We'll build you up. And I guarantee you that your confidence will be restored and your attitude of gratitude will come back. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I've got a very special message for you this morning through God. And I think what God is telling you this morning is that he wants you to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's the real reason why you're here this morning. God wants you to become a Christian. And when you become a Christian, I tell you what, you're a part of the greatest community the world has ever known. And you have divine insurance and divine care and a divine calling and purpose and the outlook of your life can completely change. That's if you become a Christian. This morning, we've got a baptistry ready. We'll baptize you today in water. Your sins will be washed away. You'll be added to the church. And I tell you what, it's an amazing, an amazing transformation. And if you're not a Christian yet, you ought to come forward today. I won't bite. I won't leave you down there too long. I tell you, come forward. We'll baptize you today. You can be added to the church and be on God's side. This morning, we've got a song of invitation selected. During that song, we'd ask you to come forward together while we stand and sing.